It's good to see you guys. I'm excited about today. Today's going to be a big day, a big fun day. Um, after today, t- this afternoon, we're going to be meeting out at Jack's Beach, just south of the pier, if you haven't got the memo yet, just south of the pier at 3.30. Like, you saw the grill going outside. You see the beach bodybuilders outside. We're going to the beach uh, today and just going to, anyone that's ready to take that step of baptism, we're going to be doing that out there. Barbecue, just good times, so we'd love for you to come. Um, rain or shine, probably, it, but it's like 40% a chance of, of rain, which in Florida means nothing. That's every single day, so that uh, doesn't mean anything to us, so we should be good. Uh, excited about it. If you were with us last week, uh, we got started on this kind of new journey, because we spent the whole month of May really talking about the body of Christ and how we're all knit together, and we bring something unique, but we wanted to spend the month of June really kind of doing this whole bodybuilding idea, but really the spiritual body that God's given us, and, and to develop it, because most of us are very much um, reliant on this kind of uh, quote unquote, and we, we try to make this as non like quote unquote religious as possible, make it about a real relationship, but we kind of make it about this, we turn it into religion. When, when God, from the very beginning, before there was ever rules and anything, it was really about relationship. He wanted to be in relationship. And, and, but so many of us, we turn it into this religious thing where we get a little piece of meat on the weekend, and then that'll let us survive till the next weekend. And we kind of live in this survival mentality as opposed to like real health, real spiritual health that God wants us to be in of peace and rest and freedom. And so that's really, this whole series is just about drawing into that relationship at a deeper level and just growing these muscles that some of us we didn't even know we had. Like last week we looked at just the Bible, that God's given us the Bible, and we talked about kind of where it's come from, and really how do we read this, and had a lot of fun with that last week, and really just gave us some practical tools on how to read the Bible. So if you missed last week, I'd encourage you to go back and check out the podcast on it, because it really can give you some just practical tools how to approach the Bible. And today we're going to do that, we're going to do that with prayer. And it's funny because prayer is one of those things that like everybody knows and, and you know, most people would even believe in. I, I was even talking with an agnostic, which an agnostic is someone who believes in God but not really sure how it all works out. And I was talking with him this week and we got into this really deep conversation like way too fast. It was like, bam, like jumped way in deep. Um, you know, which people like to do with pastors a lot of times, like, we've got to jump in deep immediately. I'm like, we can just, we can wade into that. I'm fine with that. But uh, even he, like, said, you know, I believe in prayer. He's like, I believe it works. He's like, I prayed a few times in my life, and every time, like, the prayer has worked, like, God's shown up on that. And so I thought that was so interesting, even coming from an agnostic view, like, believing that prayer works, and, like, sometimes as Christians, like, we don't even believe it works. Um, So it's one of those things that uh, I think we make too complicated um, but it's something that's powerful, and uh, we'll talk a, a little bit more about that. And, but I think it's something that we've all experienced. You know, some of us um, at least have, you know, we all come from different places, but we have these things in common. Some of us probably came from birth, like, you know, speaking in tongues or something, praying in tongues, and then others, like, you've never, like, uttered an honest prayer in your life. And so we all come from these different places, but I think we have a lot in common, too. And I found this stand-up comedian that he kind of, like, shares um, I think what we have all probably experienced, especially in church. So, I remember going to church as an adult, right, for the first time when I started going to church. And I would walk in, and the pastor was like, he said, I want you to pray with your neighbor. And I'm like, well, my neighbor don't go to this church. I don't know. You, to... you want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. I ain't going to do that. Right, then they explained to me, right, your neighbor is a person sitting next to you. Listen, I'm brand new at this Christian stuff. I don't, not, I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? 
Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know what you can pray about. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good, and she must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. <laughs> she was like, Dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. <laughs> Lord, you said, But seek, S is in search, E is in everywhere, E is in excellent, K is in kingdom. You're the Alpha Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. <laughs> now, it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not going to let her out pray me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord. You are good. You were good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosy moms choose Jesus. So, Lord, because, you know, as the, as the rocket's red glare, Lord, it gave proof to the night, Lord. I believe I could fly, amen. It's so we've all, we all have these, like, some things, I think, in common where we've had maybe these awkward moments or didn't quite understand what was happening. But I think just uh, approaching it today with just some honesty, just some real honesty, because that's what I think God responds to is not your, your spiritual vocabulary or that you approaching it like you've got it all figured out. I think God just wants us to be real and be honest and come to a place and uh, and, and move the heart of God. And so we'll talk more about that. And I'll just give you a brief definition. And, and I'll tell you where we're going. We're going to, to Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus teaches on prayer. So that's where we're moving here in just a second. But just to give you kind of just a foundational, simple prayer is like, it's one of those things that I don't know that we'll ever kind of have a full grasp on everything. But I think the, the Bible does, is very full in how it teaches. And, and just here's a, a very quick kind of easy my approach kind of to prayer, and, and I say that it's um, an organic discipline. It's, it's, it's organic in that it's relational, and that it, it doesn't, it shouldn't be just kind of this kind of stringent idea of like, this is how we pray. Again, but some of you that have maybe grown up Catholic, and I'm not here to like bash Catholic Catholicism, but I, I don't know that prayer is just about like having these regimented prayers, I, and that's something that early church um, and early church fathers kind of began to put in place, and Catholicism happened. But I, I think it, it should be organic, like just honest, like relationships. I think God will respond even greater to just a prayer from, like just that's real, um, rather than something manufactured someone gives you for yourself. It, it, it can be a, alive. It's very easy for it just to become kind of stagnant um, and, and just forced, and it's not real and honest. And so I think that's a big part of it, the organic part of it. I think the, the other side is that it's a, a discipline. Uh, that it is something that we work on, like we, we focus on, we practice, almost, it's a practice, it's a daily thing that we do. I, I love this scripture that talks about just praying without ce like ceasing, just like don't never quit praying, as opposed to like just getting so kind of regimented in it, becoming this organized thing, well, I didn't say my prayers today, God's mad at me, like, you know, as opposed to just this idea of this organic relationship, but it's something I'm working on. I mean, if I didn't communicate with my wife, like, we would have a pretty terrible relationship. And, and at, at the times in which we don't communicate well, our relationship isn't as strong as, as it is 
when we are communicating well. And so kind of seeing it from that perspective that it's both. It is this kind of relational, organic, I, I use the word organic, but I, I'm just meaning relational, just kind of f- more free-flowing, just honest, um, real, natural. And, but it's also this discipline that we're working on, we're developing, we're getting better at communicating with God. And for some of us, uh, or most of us, uh, it, it's not the times where God shows up and, and, and like our prayers are answered, but it's the times where our prayers aren't answered that we really have trouble kind of grasping um, really what, what prayer is all about and, and really where it, it sets us back. So we're going to go into um, in Matthew chapter 6 here in just a second, but I don't know if you knew this, but there's actually different types of prayers. There's different types of prayers. I mean, the, I'll give you about five of them, and you could actually make up m- more if you wanted and fit these in there or make them their own categories. But the, the, the first one is, is the prayer of agreement. We see this in, we see it in Matthew chapter 18 where it talks about um, uh, if two or three of you will agree on something uh, on earth, it'll be done in heaven. If you bind something on earth, it'll be bound in heaven. And if you lose something on earth, that's the, the, what Jesus said, it'll be loosed in heaven. That When we agree on something, I think basically Jesus is saying, if, like, if you can get people to agree on something, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on it. Because he knows that's a miracle in and of itself. You guys ever tried to go out to eat with people and like nobody can decide on what to do? It's a miracle in and of itself. But no, there's something powerful when we get together and it's not just me in my bedroom like crying over this prayer, but like the times we set aside here for response and our anchor groups is where we're getting people to agree. Like, hey, this is going on in my life and, and I need prayer for it. Like, I want you to agree with me about this, that God's going to show up and do something that he's going to make a way, that he's going to work things for his good. He's going to teach me this lesson I'm trying to learn through this. A prayer of agreement is the first, or binding and loosing, you could even call it that. Um, I, I think a, another one is a prayer of faith. Uh, that, that's a, a big one. Like, it, it's calling, you know, Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can save the mountain, throw yourself into the sea. And like, that's big faith. I, I'm never going to do that, probably. Never actually going to talk to a mountain and be like, hey, throw yourself in there. Because I'm worried, like, God, you, you said it like if, if I say it. And so maybe Jesus is talking metaphorically. I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe not. Um, but I, I know that that prayer of faith works. I mean, I, I've expressed in my own life, this is like maybe things where you want somebody to be healed. And like you can see how some of these aspects of prayer, these different kind of perspectives on prayer, really begin to join together. Uh, I want people to agree with me in faith that my mom's going to be healed. Or that my neighbor, um, the situation they're going through, that, that you know, things are going to turn around for them, whatever. It's saying those things that aren't and saying them as if they are, like praying, God, let these things come to be. And, and th- that kind of begins to, to get funny and kind of hairy as we go into talking about the Lord's will and us praying with faith, and, but we're praying with God's will. And so we're going to talk about that here in a second, and it'll get a little bit hairy for us. But uh, honestly, like God wants us. He, he says, you know, ask, and it'll be given to you. Like he says, if, if God and if your fathers on earth can give good gifts, which maybe you guys don't have fathers that good, good, give good gifts on the earth, but he says, but even if earthly fathers can give, give good gifts, how much more do you think your heavenly father can do? Like ask and, and it'll be given to you. Like don't be afraid to, to ask, um, and, but always align yourself with the will of God. Um, the, the next one I'd say is the prayer of, of consecration or dedication, and it's Really just setting your, yourself like to this place of humility in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Um, God said, if my people, my people, my people are, who are called by my name will humble themselves, humble themselves like this idea of consecration and dedication. If they'll humble themselves and pray, I'll come and I'll heal their land. 
And so it's this kind of big idea. I think if we could get a hold of this as the American church, God could really begin to do some, some healing because, you know, we've got this er- kind of arrogance about us as Americans. Um, and some of it's good, some of it's bad. This pride kind of comes along with it. And it's, it's so funny, just kind of like the, the religious political battle over faith. It, it, it's so funny, like just in, in our states. But I mean, I, I think it's just a, a crazy thing. And honestly, if we could get a hold of like this idea of humility and consecration and dedication, I think that honestly we could really see God begin to heal our land in a greater way. Um, and so I think just that's a prayer you pray every single day. Most of these are just every day. God, just help me to humble myself before you. Heal my family. Heal my body. Heal my mind. Heal, heal my street. Heal my workplace. You know, heal our church. Heal our city. You know, so just pray in those prayers. I love that Second Chronicles passage. I think the next one is the, the prayer of praise or thanksgiving. You know, the psalmist said, enter into his, his uh, gates with praise, into his courts with thanksgiving. Like always, this is like a lot of times where I start my prayers is like just thanking God. And most of the time when we're thanking God, we thank him for what he's done, right? Thank you that I have a house. Thank you that I have these things. Thank you that I have family. Thank you for my church. Thank you for this. And we, we're doing all these things that he's done, but very rarely do we actually stop and at the very beginning thank him for who he is. And so immediately, somehow in our brain, we turn him into this magical genie that if we rub him the right way, we pray the right way, that he's going to pop out our magic wishes, and we've turned him into this genie as opposed to creator God who loves us and, and who is mindful of us and wants to have a relationship with us. And it, it changes everything. And just thank him for who he is. Thanking him for who he is. Like, I thank you that you're good. I thank you that you're, you're just. Thank you that you're graceful. And, and starting from that place, even as much as thanking him for all the, the stuff and the things and worshiping who he is and not just his hand, um, uh, and then um, uh, the fifth one is intercession. I think this is really just a- about us praying for one another. Paul told Timothy, he said, look, encourage people like to pray for one another all the time. Like, man, if we could just grab a hold of like prayer, like real prayer and like intercession and agreement and binding things, like we, we are not even close to tapping into the muscle that God's given us of prayer in this relationship. He, we, we haven't even come close to tapping into it. Uh, and, and we can see some honest, real things like change in our life and, and see God do incredible things. If we'll just begin to agree together, bind together, have faith, humble ourselves, these all begin to kind of play in together in this aspect of this idea of prayer. But intercession, again, is praying for one another. Um, wherever you're going, it's so easy because you're, you're usually always surrounded by people. And even if you're not, um, you can be praying for them. And so that's just an honest kind of thing. And some of you that are interceders, so many times, like you're, maybe you're, you're um, that's what you call someone who prays for other people, interceders. Um, uh, but some of you that have that, maybe you even sometimes overlook kind of the prayer of like your own spiritual health. And, and that's another kind of whole ball of wax to get into, but this prayer of intercession is powerful, and like the time where we join together, and we say, hey, agree with me, like in our response times, in our anchor groups, like um, let's operate in these things, let's operate as a true like Christian community, because that's what they join together to do, is real prayer, and all of these are, are kind of in, you know, in play as we pray, 
um, and, and they're powerful. I, I love James chapter 5, uh, 16 and 17. It says that the prayers of a righteous man are uh, uh, powerful and they're effective. And, and you've got to know that. Like, if, if you're seeking God's face and, like, you're wanting to live uprightly and, and doing your best to live upright, and righteousness is just right thinking, right actions, God's right actions, God's right thinking, not our right thinking, not our right actions— um, as, as we're pursuing those things, our prayers are powerful and effective, and God responds to us. Uh, and, and so here's just kind of something to get us going uh, in this idea of types of prayers and just kind of how they all kind of they end up being one thing as opposed to kind of separating, let's pray a prayer of faith. Like, let's just, let's just pray. And they all kind of work their way in. And I want to go to, to Matthew chapter 6 now and look. And, and Jesus brings up this prayer a, a couple of times. And the first time is right in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, like Jesus' first big sermon uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read a few verses leading up to the actual um, Lord's Prayer. But let's read it straight through here. And when you pray, as Jesus is talking in his sermon, lots of people gathered around, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the streets corner, street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Um, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Man, that's, that's like intimacy. That's what Jesus is really pounding for. Like, quit, quit doing the performance thing and, and get locked into some intimacy. Um, with God, and the idea of intimacy, like, is, can be a weird thing for people, but just drawing closer uh, is really what he's wanting, um, and when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard, don't feel like you have to use, you know, all the cliche lines um, like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words, don't be, uh, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him, he knows what you need before you ask him. So you say, why, so why even say it out loud? Well, that's a, a whole thing to get into, but he, he responds to it. He, said, he also said, ask. So again, we can take some things out of context, if you were here with us last week, and not see the whole kind of perspective a, as a whole here. Um, one of my favorite scriptures is, is Romans eight twenty six. It says, that the Spirit groans on our behalf, even when I don't know what to pray. It's just a powerful thought to think that God is fighting for us. He is working things for my good. His spirit, he, he, he loves me, and like he is working for me. And a lot of times we feel like we've got to fight, do all this fighting, and like our God is fighting for us. And it's just finding rest in, in that we are in relationship with the, the creator of the universe. Uh, don't be like them, for your not, father knows what you need before you ask them. Let's continue, and we're going to dive in here. So th this then is how you should pray. Jesus giving us how to pray. That's who I'm going to listen to. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's read the whole thing and come back to verse 9. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. All right, go back up to uh, verse 9 or 10, uh, um, right there. And let's start here. Let's just break this down, and, and we're going to pull out these pieces here, um, uh, and, but we're also going to make sure we see them in the full context of what's being prayed here, what Jesus is saying. First, our Father in heaven, um, holy, hallowed means holy. Hallowed's kind of like an old, old school, like King James type word, but our Father in heaven, it, it's saying have the right approach 
Have the right approach. Like, don't come as like, you know, this whole Jesus is my homeboy thing that happened like 10 years ago. Don't approach him like that, but like, or or like just a, a normal person, but approach him as a father in heaven, and in some of us, the messiest word that we have in our life is father, because we haven't had good examples of father, so this becomes a breaking point for us trying to understand God's love for us, but it's the perfect father that um, you can rejoice today, even if you haven't had a perfect father on this earth, knowing that your father in heaven loves you, and um, he loves you more than any man on this earth ever could. Um, Our father, who's in heaven, that his perspective is better than ours. Our, our, our approach has to have this right approach that he's God, but he's Father. Holy is your name that you're set aside. You're, you're sacred. Like you, you get it, and I don't at times, God. You get, you get it. You're, you're our Father, and having that approach, it, it changing how we approach him. Some of us just come, um, when you talk like in sports, um, like in baseball especially, they talk about how a batter approaches the plate. Um, they talk about a, a, um, a basketball player, how he, how he approaches the game. He's very aggressive or he's very timid. And so I think our approach matters. Some of us ap- approach our prayers like, oh, if he didn't answer my last prayer, he's not going to answer this prayer. You know, we have this kind of defeatist mentality and like maybe we just need to read the little engine that could one more time. Um, which I just found out that was a feminist work. I didn't know that until this week, so neither here nor there. But maybe you learned something today too. Um, but approaching it with the right perspective, knowing that he's God in, in heaven who is holy, and, and when we pray, like he hears us. Changing that approach from maybe the other ways which we think that it's never going to happen, and we're not approaching it with faith. And not that we kind of deny some of our real emotions of of doubt or fear or frustration or whatever we're dealing with from unanswered prayers, but come honestly, but have a, a positive approach, um, knowing that he's the Father in heaven. So our Father who's in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. The next thing is not only the, the right approach, but the right perspective. Uh, all of us in the, in the room that, you know, um, I think we want to be like super spiritual and pray that prayer Jesus prayed your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We say, no, God, not my will, but your will be done. Like, let's be real. Like, that's not really what we want. We may pray that. It may feel super spiritual when we do pray it. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to get God on our side, right? We're just being like, hey, God, so here's what I was thinking. Here's what I was thinking. This is the plan I've gotten. Like, if you could just redirect, like, there, that would be super. Thanks. Amen. Um, so be it, right? Let's just agree on it. And, and so this idea is so powerful as we can just every day just calibrate, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah, I, I just think of that, just like calibrating something, almost like a safe, not that God is a safe to crack open or something, um, but there are these mysteries of God that, that are really beautiful that I think that draw us into relationship with him. And I get that idea of just calibrating a clock or a compass to just the true north or whatever it might be. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But we most of the time, like we may pray that, but we don't really, really want that. Because again, this is where I said it gets messy. Like when we get to this place and we say your will be done, is it, are we willing to like live with what that means? Like do we trust that he knows best? Do we trust that he's God in heaven? Do we trust that his, his ways are righteous and holy and perfect? Do we trust that when we pray that, that we're, we're going to be okay? okay with that, that outcome. 
And sometimes it, it blows our, um, our expectations out of the water, and we've set ourselves up with all these expectations. So God, this is what I was thinking, and like we're praying this, your kingdom come, your will be done, but also I'd rather you do my will um, at the same time. And then when expectations, when he actually does what we said, we're like, oh, but I was thinking it would turn out like this, God. Like, this is really what I was trying, what I was really trying to say. So I think it just comes back to, that's, that's the psalmist said in, in, in chapter 37, verse 4, of just delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you desires of your heart. We love that desires of our heart part, but we always skip the delight yourself in the Lord part. Delight, like just enjoy the relationship that he's giving you. Um, to just, delight is like such a cool word. Like it means like enjoy, like enjoy it. Like there's joy in that relationship. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Just clicking that perspective of joining to the, the Father who is in heaven that has the pure and, and righteous and, and truth, clicking to that. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as is in heaven. I think this is the linchpin, verse 11 here, um, if you're following along. Um, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. And a lot of times this becomes about physical provision, which is cool. Like, that's okay. Like, you want to have that interpretation. But I think that's when we, we remove it from its context in which Jesus is praying it. And it becomes about physical pr- provision. I think there's an element to what Jesus is saying here, but I don't think that's the full meaning of what Jesus is saying in this prayer of give us today our daily bread. Because if you look at it, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, or give us this day our daily bread. Basically, I think it's connected to the previous verse in which he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Let that be our daily bread. Let that be what satisfies us. I think there is this peasant posture within this verse. That we don't take the the posture of one who is fat and happy, but one who is just longing for more of God. And the only thing that will satisfy us on this earth is not wealth or fame or or a, a new job or a new house. The only thing that will satisfy us is us being connected to his will, his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's the only thing that will satisfy I think there is this peasant posture where I'm not looking at yesterday or I'm not looking at tomorrow, but I am trusting God with today, like in this moment. God, help me be fulfilled, be satisfied in living out your kingdom on earth. That is what will fill our stomachs, not these things that we hold to on this earth that will not go with us. But your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Give us, give us that day, give us this day our daily bread. Let it satisfy us, fill us up. There is this idea of participation, that we are involved. God is wanting us to be involved. As we pray, like, we just make them all about ourselves, don't we? We just make our prayers all about ourselves. God, if you'll just help fix this part in my family, if you'll just fix this thing going on. And not that God doesn't want to hear those things. He does. Like, he loves you. He's praying those things for you. Before you ever prayed them, he's praying them for you. But I also think there is this approach and this perspective in which we long for his will and his desires and his kingdom to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's the only thing that will satisfy our stomachs. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts and as we also have forgiven our debtors. There is this idea of active repentance. God, I'm not just asking you to do something, but I'm also going to obey your commands here. 
So many of us have, have taken advantage of grace. And, and I'm not pointing anybody out. I, I'm just saying as a general rule, I think the Christian church, we take advantage of grace. But it's something that Paul taught on. He said, look, don't kind of keep on sinning, taking advantage of grace. Like, lock in. Let that grace change you. Let, lock into just his, his purity and his righteousness. Think on, dwell on these things. But know that as you call out and say, God, forgive us our debts, we better be forgiving our debtors. So many times uh, that, that song, uh, um, or earlier, it just talked about being a hypocrite. And t- to a general degree, when people call the church hypocrites, I'm kind of like, yeah, like so, like, so what? Like, that's kind of what we do is we come and say we fall short of the glory of God and we need the grace of God. But I think the, the, where the real hypocrite kind of criticism comes on in the church is where we, we don't respond to his grace. We, we just, like, take it and take advantage of it. We don't, there's no active repentance. Um, we're dealing with our son who is, he's three, and man, he's, He's now independent, you know. He's like ready to move out on his own, like he's ready for it. Um, and just, man, we tell him to do something, and it's like, no. We're like, dude, I want to be mad at you right now, but I know I was worse than you, so, <laughs> so I can't be too mad. Um, but it's so frustrating because we ask him to do something, and then he gives us this fake apology, like, sorry, mama. And we're like, no, you sit there, like, you wait. Until you're really sorry. Like, we want to get, make sure he gets the message. But, I mean, don't we do that with God, like, all the time? And we just, like, move on. We're like, yeah, I just want to get out of time out, God. I'm just trying to move on and go eat some cookies. That was our night last night. <laughs> um, so fresh. You can see the passion come out. But, like, isn't that what we do on Sundays? Isn't that, do, isn't that what we do after we've made a great mistake? It's like... God, I'm sorry, I'll sit in time out for a few minutes, just kind of say, say, my, say my prayers, and then kind of move on. And there was never this heartfelt, like, and, and what I try to do with my son is I, I just, I get him down, because he's like, like me, my dad could, could slap my butt a couple times, and like I got the picture. Um, but with Beckett, like he's a little bit different, that he responds emotionally in communication, so every kid's different, you guys know that. But I just try to look at him in his eyes, and I'm like, dude, you, you're hurting your mom's feelings, you're really hurting your mom's feelings every time you, you disrespect her and disobey her. And so I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to overblow that, but what I'm saying is that there's this idea of active repentance within this that we also are, are forgiving. There's this real repentance in turning from our sins. Scripture says, you know, no one who makes a pattern of sinning um, is, is called a, a friend of God. That if we really want to be in relationship, God's pure and he's holy, and like we, we should be longing and pursuing those uh, that lifestyle, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. And then finally, verse 13 here. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, I, I, I use the NIV. It's very easy to read um, for this context, and everybody can kind of grab onto it. There's some things that I'll, I'll look at other um, texts. Um, for instance, evil one, and I'm not one to say that there's, there's not evil one. What I'm saying that I think the actual text here is evil, and the actual idea of deliver is to draw one's, draw to oneself. So I think what Jesus is really saying here is that the idea of temptation or testing or trial, those can all mean the same thing. And God, deliver us, lead us not, lead us not into these trials. Help us not to get caught up at, like the people of Israel for 40 years, circling with the same stubborn mentality, 
Which some of you guys ever feel like that in your spiritual life? It's like, oh yeah, we talked about that last week. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You talked about that last year and it's been cycle and all of a sudden we are the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness. God, lead us not into these trials, these testings, these temptations, but draw us into yourself. Away from evil into your purity, into your righteousness. Draw us in, away from evil, but into your righteousness, into your goodness. Um, it's, it's a slight difference, and it still means deliver away from this stuff. Into, but it's draw, the idea of drawing to oneself is the Greek understanding of this word deliver. To deliver out of and into his love, into his grace. And maybe that's you today. Maybe, maybe it's, it's this part of the prayer. I, I know we're all in kind of different places, but more than anything, I think there's a lot here. I think there's having the right approach, having the right perspective, letting God calibrate it on a daily basis. Never stop praying. God, just help me see things as you see them. God, I, I know I don't have this figured out, but you're God in heaven. You're the Father. You're the good Father who, who loves me. You know, and, and taking on this, this idea of not just the, the you know, right perspective, but this activity and participation that God wants us involved in His will, and that is what will satisfy our stomachs, is His will being done. It will be our daily bread on a daily basis just to do His will. Even we, you know, Paul said, I, I, you know, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. That was because his stomach was full on the will of God and doing his will on this earth. And some of us that find ourselves scrapping after stuff or attaining more and more, just lock yourselves into his will today and his kingdom on this earth as is in heaven. There's this participation and there's just so much here and um, prayer is powerful and it's effective I want us to lock into it, really, today. Um, and, and I want to take just a, a couple of minutes to talk. Uh, there's a, an instance in the New Testament where the disciples were trying to cast out demons, perform some miracles, and they came to Jesus, and like, Jesus, we couldn't do it. Like, what was going on? He said, some of these come out by only, like, prayer and fasting. Now, there's this, there's this kind of coupling agent, if you will, that comes along with prayer many times. There's certain things. And so I wanted to have a brief moment today where I could just spend a few minutes before we close talking about fasting because I think it goes with prayer and some of you may be in a time of your life where you need to activate fasting um, in a very real way. Um, fasting is, is um, there's uh, several definitions of, of fasting. There's a lot to it. Um, and for those of you that are interested out at the Connect tent today, I've got like a, a, a two-page like overview that I put together a couple years ago. You can take that. It's got all kinds of scriptures, all kinds of Q&A type stuff, what, you know, asking more about, but it's used for a lot of reasons to show God how serious we are about something. There's examples of that on that page. Uh, to prepare ourselves for something, consecration, humility, goes without prayer. To petition God for his power, his will to be done, that prayer of faith, and also to discipline ourselves. Um, Paul talked about beating his body into submission, um, because, and I think this is one that we, we don't really grab onto, that, um, that in the early church in uh, more orthodox traditions, they use fasting as a way to discipline our bodies um, because our God becomes our stomach. Um, because if we can control our stomach, that's a beast. We can control other areas of our life. We can be more disciplined in, in our relationship, our prayer. So these are lots of reasons here, and you guys can um, jot those down or, or whatever, but I, I think there's one person within Scripture in the Old Testament that I just love his prayer life. I, I love his um, approach to God. I think it's humble and I think it's honest. Um, and it's Nehemiah. He, he's one that you see 
just locked into praying on a regular basis. Like, if you look through the entire book, and I'm just going to overview a lot of it, but if you look through the entire book, he's just constantly praying to God. But like when his heart was broken about what was going on, just to give you a, a little story, like Jerusalem, the walls were torn down, and he's from there, and he's working now in the king's palace as a cupbearer. Like he's like he's gonna get poisoned. He's gonna take a bullet for the king. You know, it's kind of like secret service back then, maybe I don't know. Um, but he would just kind of test it first to make sure nobody was poisoning the king. That was his role. So he had this this kind of role of, as a servant to the king. But he had heard about his hometown and how the walls were torn down. Everybody was spread out. All the family was scattered. They were all over the place and was the diaspora. And he, he comes and his heart's broken and he's mourning and he's praying to God. Scripture says that he mourned and fasted and prayed. Like, God, what am I to do about this? My heart's broken. Like, what are you doing in my life? He fasted before anything. Like, he wanted to know more of God's will, like, in, in this. And God called him to go and have some really big requests to the king that they, he might allow him to leave his post in protecting the king from dying, which is a big thing for a king to be like, yeah, man, take a vacation. If I get it this couple of weeks, which I guess he could put some money in. But it was still a big deal for him to go to the king. And then even more so, he had all these prayers like, okay, God like, said, ask him for what you need, and so, and he was not like a, an easy king, like if you even came into his presence with sadness, he would have you killed, he had had other wives killed because they came into his presence and they were sad, like intense environment he's living in here, so before he went into these meetings, he would pray, when he was in the meeting, scripture says that he would pray, and he fasted before it was ever done, and so just long story short, in 52 days, an unskilled man gathered together all these people who were also unskilled. It was like people who were not in their trade, and, and they just came together, and they rebuilt the walls in 52 days. How many times have we just seen traffic take absolutely forever, like to like do some repairs? Like a little tiny repair will take weeks and weeks, and here they rebuilt these giant walls with unskilled people, with um, with no like equipment and tools of modern day air, and it's around this entire city. They accomplished this feat, but because there was this humility, this constant prayer that God, you are going to perform this. And at the very end, they're celebrating. They have this big festival, and they're just celebrating and uh, having a good time. And um, after the, the the festival is over, he he's got everybody there, and he's like, hey guys, we need to remember. God, we need to draw ourselves back and consecrate ourselves for his service, that we haven't been drawn together for nothing, but we have been drawn together for a purpose, and maybe that's what God's saying to us today, even in this room, that you aren't drawn here together for nothing, but we're drawn together for a purpose, and maybe it's through fasting in this season, maybe it's not, but drawing, and they, and they fasted, they fasted, and they just consecrated themselves for service. Um, and, and fasting is just a time where you just set aside food, and again, if you want more details, go to the overview, but, and just say, God, I, I want more of you. I want to hear your voice more clearly. I want this to happen in my life, whatever it might be. We'll talk more about that in the future, but this idea of prayer and fasting going on, you may be in that life where you're, you're dead serious about something going on in your life, so a change that needs to happen, consecrating yourselves for the call that he's put on your life, and then maybe this season it may not. But I think we're all somewhere in taking, it's time to take a step forward in our relationship with God um, and saying yes in, in prayer and just drawing closer to him. 
um, just this beautiful prayer, our Father, who's in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those debtors that we have, God. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then in a lot of manuscripts, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And Amen. I know there's many of us in this room, and we all have these different things going on. But maybe now's a time where you need to do agree with some people. You, you need a prayer of faith. You, you need to intercede for somebody in your family. I, I don't know what it is, but we've got some prayer partners that are going to come to the crosses right now. If you guys will go ahead and come. And uh, we just want to have a, a, some time right now to just, um, to just come to these crosses and pray. And if you want to come down here and just consecrate yourself and just humble yourself in this time, you're completely welcome. This is like a, what's it, Planet Fitness, they have like the judgment-free zone. This is a judgment-free zone. And more than anything, like this is what it's about. It's about relationship with the Father. It's about binding together in this life and knowing that you're not alone. He's with us. We're here with each other. And so I'm just going to pray a simple prayer for us today. And I want to ask you to come. This is the time where we'll offer a response right now as well for our communion tables in the back and in the front. It's a time of um, repentance, active repentance, asking yourself, God, let me be involved in what you're doing presently. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that your body was broken for me. Your blood was poured out for me. It's a deep time. It's a time of reflection but I don't want it to not be a, a time of response in which we, we see the face of God and just turn away. And there's no response. And so the, these prayer stations are open. Two or three are gathered. Bind it on earth. It'll be bound in heaven. Loosed on earth. It'll be loosed in heaven. We invite you to come as you are and, and come with just a, um, a pure heart to just say, God, I want more of you. God, we thank you today. I thank you that you are mindful of us. That in our brokenness, in our arrogance, your grace, your mercy smashes through. Smashes through. God, and I just pray right now that we would just find ourselves humbling ourselves and reaching out to the God who can heal. The God who can restore. God, help us to walk out those next steps in repentance and active participation with your will on earth as it is in heaven. We give you the praise and glory. Amen. Span's going to lead us in worship. I invite you to stand. Come pray. Come uh, partake in communion in the back and the front. We love you all.